Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. It's important to enjoy the journey and important to enjoy the moment. Uh, you know, obviously keeping our, our focus on the main goal. Uh, we all know what that is, so... Um, you know, I'm proud of the group and proud of what we've done so far, but we're not done. Real deep team, highly committed team on the defensive side of things, dangerous offensively, great goaltending. They're back where they are for a reason, right? So this is a, it's a very difficult team to, to win against, and, and we have to be ready for the challenge. They're a really good team, and we're going to have to play our best to beat them, but uh, we're excited for that challenge. I feel like we're in the right mindset right now, and I feel like guys touched on it last after last game that the jobs aren't done so it's all that matters and in order to be the best you have to beat the best how many times have we heard that over the last 48 hours 342,610 I would one time like to hear a player say you know those guys really suck and if we don't beat them we we should be embarrassed how about Stamkos after clinching the Eastern Conference the Avs are the best team in the league I can promise you there will be no bulletin board material coming out of the Tampa Bay organization. Welcome to the show, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us, smilehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. You got here with seconds to spare. It's it's like there's other things on your mind this week. No, not really. I have nothing going on. Nothing at all? No. Why? What are you referring to? I don't know. I don't know either. Well, we all know, but we'll... Well, I mean, I found somebody to tolerate me. I mean, you tolerate me, Danny tolerates me, but I'm heterosexual, so I can't marry you guys. Time now for The Lead. The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Well, here we go. For the first time since 2001, the Colorado Avalanche are going to play for a Stanley Cup, and they are going to take on the two-time defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Odds makers like the Avalanche a lot. I don't know if I like them as much as the odds makers do. How about you? The unrelenting faith the gambling public has shown in the Avalanche has been stunning all the way through the playoffs. The fact that they're such a heavy fit, was it, minus 180 or... You, you're, you're not for a hundred dollar bet. You're making less than a hundred bucks. That is stunning to me, and a great testament to the faith of the bet, the betting public, not the odds makers, the betting public have in the Avalanche. Of course, if they, if it turned out that the public didn't agree with the line that was said, it would change, but it hasn't. It's stayed where it is, and I think that shows several things. It shows. Uh, it shows the undying emphasis on the avalanche talent, and it also shows a little bit of cynicism about the Lightning's qualifications as two-time defending champ. Well, I'll put a couple of things out there why the betting public likes the avalanche a lot. And unfortunately, those bets are lazy analysis. Number one, everybody loves offense. That's why you see in a Super Bowl, the majority of the people bet the over because they want to see more scoring. Tampa is not exciting. I think they can be in IR. I remember the regular season game here. Did you watch the Rangers series? How boring was that? <laughs> it was the pretty betting, boring. The, Terry, the betting public. But they had two great goaltenders, too. Right. 
The betting public likes teams that score. So you they, see, you can sit there and root for an exciting game for a team to score. I don't see anything wrong with that, and I don't see anything particularly flawed with that. If you're basing your judgment on the fact that the one team can score a lot of goals, that's how you win bets, too. So, right. So I think the betting public sees McKinnon, he's fast, and McCarr, and he's fast, and they scored a lot of goals against the Oilers, and they beat Connor McDavid. They've got to be great. Then that's one reason why people are betting the Avalanche. And they were the betting favorite at the beginning of the season, too, so you can make the case through mm-hmm. wire to wire. The other lazy, false narrative out there is, well, this is going to be their third year in a row playing a lot of hockey, and eventually they're going to get tired. I'll go along with your cynicism on that point. I think that's absolutely silly. That's ridiculous. Did they look tired dominating a younger, faster, more skilled Rangers team in the final four games? This is also the first time they've played a full 82-game schedule in three seasons. Good point. So, although that is in the norm with everybody else, they're not at a disadvantage or an advantage. Everybody else had the same number of truncated games on the truncated schedules the last two years. So really it isn't a case of, I remember thinking when we were covering the avalanche as opposed when they were in the playoffs and went to the Western conference finals or the Stanley cup final and won it. They've never gone to a final and lost by the way. But I remember thinking, God, this season is long. And then I remember when the avalanche were rotten and weren't making the playoffs, watching the Stanley cup finals and thinking, man, the avalanche haven't played in like three months. Right. I'll tell you this. And usually what it is is the most talented teams are the ones playing the longest. For lack of a better phrase, we are six minutes into the show, and game one is on Wednesday, but I'll blow my load right now. I would not bet on the Avalanche, and I think they're going to lose in five or six games, and I think this is an absolute mismatch. I don't think this game could be set up any better for the Lightning. I think it's been overanalyzed to death in the sense of I think it the major point in all this it sounds, it's oversimplification. It defies the understanding of those who want to overanalyze and, and outsmart themselves. In this case, it's just, it's goaltending, period. If you like Tampa Bay, you like it because of goaltending. They do some other things. They block shots. They get traffic. Okay, I'll, I'll, you and I had a conversation today, and I don't think you agreed with me back then, so let me up the ante. <laughs> okay, If you took Vasilevsky and pulled him out of goal and you put in Jordan Bennington, Tampa still wins. Yes. Would you agree? No, I don't. You don't? No, I don't. You know what? I'll tell you why. Because Jordan Bennington or Vasilevsky aren't going to face a lot of shots anyway. It doesn't really matter. Because the Avalanche operate in space when they are their best. And they're not going to get a lot of space in this series. Here's how I think the the Avalanche wins if this becomes an intriguing storyline of Darcy Kemper actually stepping in and being invigorated and energized by the spotlight and actually coming close to neutralizing Vasilevsky. Of course, you're not playing against each other, but the idea is you're letting fewer guys goals than the guy at the other end, and that was Patrick Waugh's genius. He reduced the game to that. And I think in this case, if Darcy Kemper can somehow, somehow rise to the occasion and write a Cinderella story here, I think that would be a Disney movie story. It would be a great story. But he's doing it for a great team, too. So it wouldn't be so heroic that it'd be unimaginable. I just think it'd be a good story. I root for good stories, good people. So do I. Darcy Camper is both of those. Yep. I also, but, I, you know, I'm sitting here admitting, uh, recently in the last couple of weeks, the Avalanche have been off for, what, 18, 
days, something like that. Eight, <laughs> eight days. I, I was thinking that Pavel Francouz should be their playoff goaltender. It'll probably be playoff Kemper. final goaltender. Okay. Uh, there's so much we can really talk about with it, and we have plenty of days to do it. I'll ask you. When it comes to two-on-one breaks, okay, generally speaking, who's going to have more per game? The Avalanche. Nope. Yes, yes, they will. No, they won't. Yes, they will. No, they won't. No, they won't. No, they won't. No, they won't. And I'll tell you why they're not going to. Are we going to keep track of this? Yeah, we can. wager? I'll tell you why. Uh, First of all, their top four defensemen are not only big, but they can skate. But the Avalanche can have two-on-ones with McCarr or Taves actually being one of the two. I understand. But this series, to me, is like a tennis match where you have one guy who's a big hitter and can run you all over the court and tire you out. But you know but you know what the guy on the other end does? He just keeps hitting it back. Which he, one are you? Neither. And I played competitive tennis. Point is, the Avalanche are the guys with the power and they can muscle you all over the court. And the Lightning are the guys who are like the brick wall and the ball just keeps coming back. So what happens is you, you hit a shot, you hit it hard, you think you have a winner, and suddenly the guy just returns it. Mm-hmm. And then you run him to the other and side. you're demoralized. And eventually, you know what happens? Because I played competitive tennis. And I'm familiar with this. I was more the guy who hit it hard. Mm-hmm. Big top spin forehand. And eventually, you're like, I cannot. I- I'm running this guy all over the court. And then eventually, you have an unforced error. And you know what that unforced error is? A two-on-one break going the <laughs> other way on Darcy Kemper no, or Francois. I think you're overrating that possibility. I also think Darcy Kemper will be tested. He'll he, it may be a case of him being overmatched, but I think it'd be an intriguing story if he could play the play well and steal the Thunder. I don't know what's going to happen, but I if I pick Tampa Bay, I do it for the simple reason of goaltending, nothing else. See, I, would, I, I think anything beyond that gets to be gets to be over analysis and almost paralysis by over analysis. In this case, I think. You and I talked about it, and since then, I told you I thought Tampa Bay was going to win. Right. I've vacillated it to the extent that I think if the Avalanche can mitigate that goaltending advantage at all, they have a significant shot to win this series. I think all their shots, I think a lot of their shots in the offensive zone, they're not going to have the same space to pass. And when they shoot, you know, you had guys like in Edmonton and St. Louis and Nashville blocking shots. Do you know what the difference is? No. The guys blocking shots for Tampa are even harder to get around. But I also think... Because they're that much bigger. But I also think we were saying much the same thing, especially during the hiccups in the St. Louis series. We were kind of drawing the same narrative there. Trust me when I tell you, Terry, I am dying to be wrong about this. I think you're going to be wrong. I've come around to that. You know what? I hope I am. But what I can tell you is what I watch with the Rangers. And the Rangers are not as talented, but they're young. And they're fast. They're a breakthrough team. They're a team on the verge. That's right. And you know what they couldn't do in the game that they lost the other night? They couldn't break through the neutral zone. They couldn't even get into the You're making them sound like the 95 Devils now. The left wing lock. They couldn't get through. I watched the game. They could not get through that neutral zone. It's as if there were 10 guys there, and they could not get the puck past center ice. And I think that is going to be the game plan. And we look at that that particular series, which the Rangers won the opening two games. You know what? They won the opening two games. And the first game was 6-2. to two. And then when Tampa, and they have a great coach, as you know. John Cooper. Figure, right. 
figured out how to play against them. It's the same game plan against the Avs, yet the Avs do have more speed. The Avalanche are eight times better than the New York Rangers right now, and I think that's the factor you're overlooking a little bit. They are better, and they are deeper, and they certainly have a much better uh, top line defensively, although Fox is pretty good. Yeah, he is. But their goal scores... In the final game, and they were dominated, really, over the final three, four games. Absolutely dominated. I watched that game, the, the last game. It was one nothing, and it felt like 10 nothing. They couldn't get shots off. Their top snipers could barely get shots off. It was, it was a trouncing, for, for as trouncing as a 2-1 to one final score could be. Wasn't even close. It was like game one between, I think it was the Avs and the Blues, where the game wasn't even close. Yet, it was a one-goal game. So, as an overmatch as the Rangers appeared in the final four games, losing the final four in a row, I still think the Avalanche are a better, much better team than the Rangers. They're going to prove to be better than the Avalanche. I mean, the Avalanche is a much better team than the Rangers. Yep. They're going to prove to be a better team than the Lightning, and it all comes down to whether Vasilevsky can be the... Can be the uh, Con Smythe winner and be the guy who puts on the kind of goaltending performance such as, oh, J.S. Jaguar back in 2007 right. for the Ducks, which is the best goaltending performance a lot of ifs. I've ever I'll seen. I'll ask you one thing before we hit a break. Is it fair to say in the Edmonton series when they were going offensively, and they weren't going a lot offensively, but when they were going, their forecheck was great. You mean who's they? Edmonton. Edmonton. When they were going offensively, their forecheck was great. But they couldn't keep it up for the entire way, and that that has to be at least alluded to the possibility of the Avalanche making good adjustments and uh, being intuitive about about playing and, them different. And you know what the difference is between Tampa and Edmonton? Tampa has the best forecheck in the league. They do. They pound the hell out of you, and they keep that puck. But deep. I think the Avalanche will still be resilient enough to get through that and survive it, and they end up, end gonna, up winning the series. They are going to get hammered on those boards. I think you've turned the Tampa Bay Lightning, although they're... I've, a, I've turned them into two-time defending Stanley yeah. Cup champs. That's what I've turned them into, because that's what they are. Yes, but that that does not mean they're unbeatable, and I think you've established a timeline here that's a little bit... I'll put it's it to a you. little bit overly optimistic I'll, on the greatness of the Tampa one, Bay Lightning. One guy's opinion. The goalie matchup is is not even a contest. No, it isn't. If you look at Tampa's top two lines and the Avs' top two lines, I take Tampa's top two lines. You look at the top two defensive pairings, for as great as McCarr and Taves are, I would take Tampa's top two defensive pairings. They win in every area. Well, and, oh, by the way, they're experienced and they don't get rattled. So you're you're saying that Hagel, Torelli, and Killorn are a better second line than what the Avalanche have, with Kadri, who we don't know if he's playing, and then who is he playing with? Who Kadri? Yeah. Who, well, if, be, if he plays right now, the second line is Lekin and Rantanen and Burakovsky. I'll take them. I'll take that line. Okay. I would. Now, when you go third and fourth lines, I I oh, I tilt think, more towards the Avalanche. But I think the Avalanche fourth, yeah, the Avalanche fourth line has been very. Very energizing. All right, real quick. Very, real quick. You brought up Rantanen. How do you think he's going to hold up against those defensemen? If he plays center, I think he'll hold up fine. How about a, how about if he plays on the wing? Is he'll it hold up fine. I think he'll be even better there. Okay. I'm not going to compare Rantanen, who's a terrific goal scorer, at least in the regular season, to Nikita Zadorov. 
but they have some similarities when it comes to physicality. Nikita Zadorov is a defenseman for the Calgary Flames. Okay. Who used to play yes. for here. Yes. And why did they get rid of him? Because he took stupid, dumb, Andy, and he, he tried to make the big hit. And he played. He tried to make the big hit, which contradicted he, what he needed. And he looked like Tarzan, and he played like Jane, and they couldn't get him out of here fast enough because he was big, and he played like the P word. Oh, but I don't even think they're close to analogous. Now, Rantanen isn't that bad, but for his size, he's not physical enough. Not physical. Well, you're saying you're you're saying Zadorov is too physical, and then he made the stupid. No, he, Z- made, he, made, Z- he made stupid hits for the sake of making a big hit, making a lot of noise. You don't see that from Randon. Z- He's a center no. winger. What I'm saying is Zadorov wasn't physical at all. And when oh, he, he was too. He, he was overly physical much of the time, where he just, uh, he yeah, did it to the point stupid. of counterproductivity. He was stupid. Randon, yes. if Randon plays like six foot three, two hundred plus pounds. Then I like the Avs better. Okay. But he hasn't in the playoffs, has he? He has not yet. Boom. I think oh, he will. Yeah. Okay. So that's an if, and it's an if with Kemper. If, if, if. Oh, but Kemper's a bigger if. They're all ifs. There are a lot of ifs. Kemper's the most key. Can you have a key if? Yeah. The most key if and, in this series is Darcy Kemper. And where are the ifs with Tampa? They're all over the place. No way. Because, by the way, Point's going to wind up playing, too. And once they get him back, how's that second line going? And I, uh, their their defense is not that formidable. Their top four is excellent, not good, excellent. But the best defensive pairing in the league, without question, is McCarr and Taves. Yes, no reasonable person would argue that. Coming up after the break, mini camp is underway for the Broncos again. I think it's like their twentieth, but it is their last. Is this organized team activities? No, it's unorganized team activities. What I we, I don't even want to talk about today, even though Russell Wilson had three passes batted down today. Okay? He did. He did. Really? Right. What I want to know is what's going to happen on the last day. We're going to have a field day. We're going to have a slip and slide, or we're going to actually have practice. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Broncos country, let's ride. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to mightyph.com. Broncos. Final minicamp before training camp started off today. Nathaniel Hackett continues to install his offense, his philosophy, his staff's imprint with a bunch of new coordinators who've never done that job before. Vic Fangio tried to show what a good guy he was. Remember that? Encouraged everyone by bonding, by canceling the final day of what would be this particular minicamp by holding a field day, which I don't know why everybody got all up in arms about that, Terry. I don't know if they got all, all up in arms as much as just got giddy over it. Either they were either giddy or they were all up in arms. And the fact of the matter is it was probably somewhere in the middle. 
Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. For all the people that said, hey, the Broncos haven't proven anything under Vic Fangio. They should be doing Oklahoma drills. They should be doing seven a days. Listen, at the end of the day, and, and Hackett has done it right. He's very relatable to the players. Russell Wilson brought his guys out to San Diego, and he's going to be holding another passing camp, if that's what you want to call it. It can't just be work. You have to like who you work with, and if you do, you will battle better together. That is just a fact. Well, it was almost apoplectic around here, though, when Fangio said, I need to be able to talk to the person next to me and mandated that the music be turned down. You know, that was, he was trying to read the room on this another way and become kind of beloved as Uncle Vic, and it just backfired. Here was the problem. It, it looked silly. Here was the problem with Vic it Fangio. Was forced. Yeah. The problem with Vic Fangio was this, and there were a lot of issues with Vic, and I liked Vic. He wanted to have a field day to build camaraderie, like when you go on an executive retreat for your big company, you do trust falls. Or... or or a fourth grade recess. Right. Okay. Here's the problem for Vic Fangio. He didn't know his players. What do I mean by that? After Vic's first season on the job, a defensive player, a prominent defensive player on the defense told me after the season was over when they were cleaning out their lockers, I don't know if Vic knows that I have a wife and two kids. <laughs> so you can do all the field days you want to. How necessary is that? I think it's necessary to know that, that you are you are not treated like a commodity, but your coach actually cares about you. I don't but, think but you, you can you can do both without taking roll call on somebody's children. No, I understand that. I under, but Vic did none of it. He was all football all the time, and it is and it is a different day and age when your father was in football. There's no question about it. It is different, but smaller let, staffs, more intimate position rooms. Even. Here, I'll, I'll I'll go back for lack of a better phrase to your generation. One of the hardest coaches to play for a guy with a fiery personality okay considered one of the greatest coaches of all time knew his players very well and that was vince lombardi he knew his players really well but he also was against players wearing like blue dress shirts because it was so what uh, you, well you just want them everybody needed to wear a white shirt and that's so and that's not like being uncle no i understand that but from everything that I have read and I have listened to in documentaries, the Packers players would all say about Vince Lombardi, I knew he cared about well, me as a person. And for Vic Fangio, those players did not feel he cared about them. They, he barely got to know them at all. I was told another story, and I, I need to be as discreet as possible to not give away the player's name. Fangio and this player were driving someplace. They made a stop. What and were they doing together? Appearance? So, it's not important. Trust me. It's not important. Okay. Fangio stopped, called somebody in the Broncos office and said, can you tell me a little bit about this guy? Because when we're driving the car, I have nothing to talk to him about. What do you mean? Why don't you try and get to know somebody? How, have you ever worked for a boss who was all work all the time, never said, how are you, but meant it sincerely? How's your family? I'm sorry to hear that your father has cancer. Instead of work, 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 there, there's, no, there's no personal connection whatsoever when you're treating somebody nothing more than like an employee. There are some coaches who decided to remain somewhat aloof from the players because they have to make life-changing decisions about players. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to knock that. Right. 
I won't either. But to be totally disconnected from your players' lives, I think there's a level in which there can be somewhat of a disconnect. Mike Shanahan wasn't overly effusive, but he got to know his guys. Gary Kubiak, he doesn't come off as a totally effusive guy, but but he knows his guys. What if it's what if it's phoniness? Do you see some of that ever? I, I I'm sure, sure I'm sure there is, but maybe that's a problem in even hiring a coach where there's phoniness, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. But think about this. How can you go this guy was the defensive guy I told you about was a starter, a key player on defense. And he said, This guy knows nothing about me. You can't go through 365 days and you say, do you have children? It sounds foolish. I'm not saying that you you should be going for beers individually with the guys, but at least now you look at a Nathaniel Hackett who seems to go the complete opposite direction. Hey, you want to go watch the new Star Wars movie together? Hey, guys, come on over. I'll make pizzas. May the force be with you. Right. But, But at what point do guys... What, how do you do that? Do you, you take the media guide home and read through it, or do you like call up guys on Google, or how do you do it as a coach? How do I do it? Okay, let's look at me and you. We've been a partner for a month now, and I said you went out to Vegas for your wife's birthday. Hey, how was Vegas? Who went? Yeah. It's that simple. And then maybe you're a closed person. You want to talk about it. That's okay. But at least I asked. I tried to make a connection. It can't just be we're doing a radio show together mm-hmm. and then we walk our separate ways and never talk about anything. It doesn't mean we have to be best friends. But at least give the other person the illusion that you give a S. Yeah. And Fangio did not do that. He was all business all the time. It's not his fault. I think that's just the way he's wired. That's almost the old school football, college football approach, which my yeah. father was a head coach at Oregon, and he was done. He he was too close to his players. Right. And I'm sitting here and telling you years later right. that it tore him up. Some things tore him up, but he also responded to the call to treat players like young men right. and all of that. And I'm, I was very, very, very... Very proud of that. But I also saw coaches like Daryl Royal, who I wrote about in Horns, Hawks, and Nixon coming, where I write about how, how all those players are talking about how afraid they were of right. him. And how when he came into the auditorium and walked down the stairs, silence followed him like like a waterfall down the stairs. But those are, And he called me after the book came out. And he said, you know, I didn't. I'm going to, oh, geez, here it comes. He goes, you know, I, I didn't think the players were that scared of me, but... Now I understand that, right. that you got everything else right in that book. I guess you're right about that. Well, here's the he, thing. You brought college up, football coaches ruled by fear in those days. That's right, because they because they they can crack the whip on 18-year-old kids where they can pull their scholarship. Run them off, too. Right. And those are boys. In the NFL, they're men. They have families. They want to be treated like men. They don't want to be treated like little kids who are afraid like they are in college. You have to treat those guys differently. Men, boys, professional, amateur. Well, college is really not amateur. But, but we, also, we, also are harped on the, we also harp on the point that it's a business. Players know that. They're right. making great money. Right. They're, they're making a career out of it. So but by treating them like it's a business, I think it's consistent. That's okay. It's consistent with the mantra of the workplace. That's okay. But but if you want to try and relate to your players, 
because coaches scream a lot. But you know what? The screaming is not going to seem as bad if your coach kind of cares about you. Well, to bring a full circle, are we going to get to the point where we we roll our eyes about all of this with Nathaniel Hackett? I don't know. We haven't. And, and wonder, you know, is this wearing thin with the players? Are they laughing at him? He hasn't left the shoot yet. No. For the race. We, we will see, but so far, so good. At least according to the players, they really like Nathaniel Hackett. Coming up after the break, all the Stanley Cup final games are on ABC. Seems to be a priority for the network. So I think a lot of people are going to be watching. With that, Makar McKinnon. Will one of them potentially be considered a top three player in this league with all this national exposure if one of them plays great? That's next. When I'm with you, I feel like I could die, and that would be alright, alright. And when the play came in, she said she was crossing. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to Ty Calcane and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. Here we go, fellas. All the Stanley Cup final games on ABC. It seems like ABC's taking this a lot more seriously than NBC used to take it. So when this series is over, because of the national exposure, because of the way ESPN and, and ABC are promoting the Stanley Cup finals, do you believe if McCarr or McKinnon break out, and they're already terrific players, Will the country see them as top three players? McKinnon's been the Hart Trophy finalist three times in the last five years. So I don't think he, he needs to do too much. McCarr is a transcendent generational talent we're figuring out. He just has to play to his capabilities in this series, and what everybody has been raving about and talking about will proven to be true. But here's the caveat. And demonstrated to be true. Here's the caveat. They have to win the cup. I don't think that that's necessarily true. You can shine in a losing cause. They're not uh, playing the little sisters of the poor. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we know the way this world works, that you are judged by titles, like okay, quarterbacks. Dan well, is it, are you suggesting that's not the case? He is judged for that. I don't think it's a very sound way to judge no, necessarily. No, I agree with you because you're being pragmatic about it. I'm saying that the the public looks at guys and says, how many how many titles did he win? Look at Vasilevsky, who has been tremendous over the last couple of cup runs for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which have been two in a row. For as great as he was, if he lost both of those finals, he would not be on the Mount Rushmore of 
top goalies ever. The fact that he won, people argue that he should be. But despite playing as well as he did, if he didn't win, I don't think people put him on there. To your point, you talk about Patrick Waugh. If he doesn't win any cups, I don't know if people look at him the same. Guys, what do you think? Patrick Waugh won the Stanley Cup twice by age 28. Vasilevsky won it twice by age 27. But that Patrick Waugh had a lot of hockey left to be played, and so does Vasilevsky. So I think we can get we can get two uh, we get the cart ahead of the horse on that st- that eventual career long evaluation. Patrick Waugh is on that Mount Rushmore. No he question, is, he is the probably the. I always qualify it. He's the greatest money goaltender in the history of the NHL. He's the guy you want in there for that single game. The guy who's even ticked off that they lost Game Six. All of those things. That's what Patrick Waugh was. Vasilevsky, I think, has a, has a ways to go to demonstrate that permanence permanence of greatness. Okay, so if the Lightning win again, okay? Three times in three years. Three times in three years. At age 27. Against what many consider to be the best offense in hockey. Three cups in a row. I mean, some people will look at Montreal last year and say, well, it was Montreal. It was Montreal. And look, yeah, and look at the way they seeded it. It was a weird and, and, It really and, was a and, weird and the year, uh, year before, it was COVID, and they didn't play in front of fans. But now, if they wind up winning it, three years in a row, Vasilevsky is great against a dominant offense. I'm sorry. I put him in there over Wah. And oh, no. You know no. what? I covered Dominic Hasek. No. I covered Dominic. The human slinky? I covered Dominic Hasek. Was he really a human slinky? He was really a guy who liked to drink and drive. That's who he was. That's not a human slinky. No, but it's a guy who has a high tolerance. He just got pulled over too much, mm-hmm. but I digress. Um, Dominic Hasek, pure goaltender, no one's been better. Pure goaltender, no one's been better. One game to win. Acro- yeah. Acrobatic and athletic. Tremendous. Um, as far as winning three cups in a row, no one's done it. I mean, what's the ball? Somebody's done. I think the, well, Islanders, the, Islanders, the Islanders had a two goaltenders. No, no. Okay. But for Vasilevsky, not only, it, it, again, it's not like it's not like in baseball where you have wins and losses in ERA, mm-hmm. right? So you can have a risk and war. Well, no, no, no. But hold on, hold on. I know, I know you're poking fun, but you can have an ERA of five and your team constantly scores seven runs a game yeah. and you could be 20 and three. Okay. But with Vasilevsky... He's Pedro Estacio. Not only, not only has he won two cups in a row as a starting goaltender, his numbers back him up too. Yeah. That's not a fluke. No. And I'm sorry, that's better than Wah. It is not better than Wah. In terms of numbers? Wah won as a a kid with the 86 Canadians, came out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, was his coach belittled his playing style, belittled. Well, that has nothing to do. Just because he has coach daddy issues, what, what does it matter? So he had daddy issues. Because he made it through several transitions and, and coaches and proved his greatness and he, that he could do it under any kind of leadership above him. And he was he was just the, the, the money goaltender. And, he, and then in 93, when they were the, the Montreal populace wanted to get rid of him, wanted to run him out of town, he actually lifted a very, very, te- a very mediocre Canadians team to the 93 Stanley Cup championship. Not going to debate that. And then that he, he comes to Denver and wins... Wins, wins it again. I, I'm just saying you win three cups in a row and you put up those type of numbers. I'm not saying why isn't the correct choice. I'm saying it's hard to argue against Vasilevsky, especially against McKinnon and McCarr and Landeskog and Rantanen and this dynamic, fast offense. No, I won't prove with a negative. So, yes, Vasilevsky would belong there. 
What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? NBA Finals Game 5 tonight. Series all knotted up at 2 as the two teams head back to San Francisco. We'll talk about Warriors-Celtics next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Was falling through, that everyone I knew was waiting on a cue to turn and run when all I needed I see your dirty face hide behind your collar. What is the Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us mylifesports.com. You can reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, what are you doing on Wednesday? What are you doing on Saturday? My recommendation, go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Why? They are a huge Avs bar, and they have the best happy hour, in my opinion, in the country by far. With that, I want to bring in the owner of Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar, Chad. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are we doing today? Uh, real good. What are you serving up on Wednesday and Saturday for games one and two? Well, we'll have our full menu going Wednesday. We've got some shot specials. We've got uh, $3 Stella Artois after 7 o'clock, but also during the game while it's on. We'll have our uh, two-for-one pitchers of Stella during the game, and that'll go for Saturday as well. So you're kind of getting crushed financially a little bit because your happy hours three to 7. <laughs> every day right you're already doing drink specials for the avalanche and your happy hour is two for one on wine well and drafts uh are you going to be able to make it through this stanley cup finals financially 100 percent. i'm all about volume the more people in here the better and we can pass those savings on and a value on to the customer so yes, we'll keep doing that no no danger of closing anytime soon. Are you going to have live music on Saturday following the game? Because I know you always do that. We do. We have the Hot Lunch Band playing Friday night. They'll start at 8. But on Saturday night, we have a band called the Margarita Brothers, and they will start after regulation is over on Saturday night. So if it goes into overtime, the sound will be on on the patio, but we'll uh, have to turn it off and start the band at 9 o'clock. So on Saturday for a game two between the Avalanche and the Lightning, where are you watching the game? Uh, I will not be watching the game. I have an event this weekend. Wait. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know about it or not. I don't. What's going on? Oh, a friend of mine's getting married, and I'm going to be at his wedding. That's so funny because I got a text from a friend, and I happen to be getting married this weekend. And really? He, and he's yeah, ironic, isn't it? And he and he said to me, "Are you going to have a TV on during the wedding uh, for I the Avalanche game?" I think that friend was more asking I, that that friend couldn't be the only one who asked, will there be a TV available to watch the game? I think that's what he meant. Why are you getting, I, don't know, I don't know that guy. but Why are you getting defensive for him? No, I just feel like I should defend any friend that asks if you know, the Stanley Cup final that comes around <laughs> once every 21 years if there was a TV around or something. So I just find that he probably found it very ironic that the ultimate sportscaster, aficionado, sportsman, right. just happens to be getting married, and that's just the way it works out. Well, here's the deal, if I'm being completely honest. I could easily ask Mandy to postpone the wedding because it's game two. But you know what the problem is? If I ask her to postpone 
the wedding for game two of the Stanley Cup final, she'll say, don't worry about postponing it. Let's just cancel it. You've already mentioned that she's tolerating you to go through with this, so I don't think you want to push it any further. She's been tolerating me for a long time. You know why? Because she always takes advantage of those uh, two-for-one drink specials during happy hour every single day, and then we get together, and she's always happy. I, I already told you, I bought pants for this wedding, so I am coming to the what wedding. Is that, what does that mean? <laughs> well, because you're not going to wear a kilt? I am not wearing a kilt, no. Okay. Well, you're doing all of us a favor for that. You're very welcome. Yeah, okay. I, Mandy told me I couldn't do it. I asked. I remember. Did you? Yes. Okay. All right, Chad, I will see you on Saturday, but people coming down to Greenfields, uh, how do they find you? Uh, they can go online, greenfieldsbar.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Uh, we got patio is going to be on, sound will be on for all the games. We have plenty of TVs inside and outside. Weather's supposed to be decent, covered patio, so you won't get rained on. And uh, I wanted to say welcome to Terry to the show. I haven't spoken to him yet, so congratulations and welcome aboard. And uh, Giants swept the Dodgers, just in case you missed it. (laughs) He's a big Giants fan. He's a big 49ers fan. And despite that, I felt I I would still invite Chad to the wedding. So, Chad, I cannot wait to see you on Saturday night. Fireballs on ice, sir. Dude, we're going to have a lot of fireball, aren't we? (laughs) We are. I have a lot of fireball, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) I look forward to seeing you um, soon. Talk to you You later, You guys have a great show. I will talk to you later. See you, Chad. Bye, Chad. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, NBA Finals Game 5 tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. Uh, Celtics and Warriors back in San Francisco, series all tied up 2-2. The Celtics have not lost back-to-back games this postseason. Neither has Golden State. They won Friday night. So if that trend continues, we might see another road win for Boston tonight in San Francisco. Outside of each team's big three, that would be Tatum, Brown, Smart for the Celtics, Curry, Thompson, Green for the Warriors. Who's a player on each team who could help fuel their side to a 3-2 series lead? I'll take Andrew Wiggins to step up and bump it up. Andrew Wiggins. Didn't somebody... Say on this show that Andrew Wig. Oh, that was that was Justin Adams. He he scoffed at at Wiggins. He did. He saying, laughed in my face, saying this guy has no business being an All Star. To which I ran to your defense, my fair maiden. As the game was going on, I said I texted Justin and said, "How's Wiggins doing now as an All Star? Seventeen and fourteen. He goes well, pretty good. You guys are pretty vengeful on." Justin, who does a terrific job and he does a great will, job, will be with me later in the week. He'll be with you on Thursday Next. and on Friday, this Thursday and yes. Friday, yes, because I have uh, I have plans going on uh, this weekend. You take Andrew Wiggins. You you would take Andrew Wiggins oh. as well. Well, who, who are we taking away? Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. I'll go with Poole. Yep, he was huge in the Nuggets series. What about on the Boston side of things? Marcus Smart. I'll take Marcus Smart to kick it up a notch. Marcus Smart's a terrific player. That's not really much of a stretch, but I'll go with him. Well, I was taking him out because he's part of their big three. Right. That's what I figured. 
We saw Derek White was big in game one. Al Horford had a big game one to help the Celtics win that first one in San right. Francisco. You think either of those guys has a stellar performance tonight? I, I am going to go off the board with two for 200, Alex, and I'm going to go with Larry Bird. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. Not to mention, it's their sales staff that really makes them special. First of all, no one has better high-end appliances than Mountain High Appliance. Plus, they have something to fit your budget as well. But when you make a purchase like that, you're going to have a lot of questions. And you want what is right for you, not the first thing that you see when you walk into a big box store. They're going to educate you on what you probably need by all the questions that you ask. And it's that type of customer service that makes them the best in town. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville. Littleton, you can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, we're going to get back to some hockey talk. And um, Andre Vasilevsky, best goalie on the planet, right? Darcy Kemper, Francois, <laughs> eh, they're okay. Best, they're, best they're goalies fine. in Greenwood Village. Yeah, well, let me ask you something. So Vasilevsky is the best goalie on the planet. And the Lightning are two-time defending champs. Why are the Avs heavy favorites? We'll talk about that next. It's a cool place, and they say it gets colder. You're bundled up now. Wait till you get older.